Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to The Kickoff, brought to you by TickPick. I'm your host, Dan Harris. With me is my producer and Joe Pizapia's joke writer, Brendan Tuma. It's Monday. That means I'm going to run through the injury news really quickly and really any news. And then I'm going to talk about a few things that stood out to me from yesterday. But first, let me remind you about our latest giveaway. It's a signed Debo Samuel jersey. All you got to do is leave a review for the show on Apple Podcast or CastBox. And if you guys are listening and you haven't left a review, why? It's really easy. Helps the show out. Really easy way to show its support. We wouldn't even be doing this without listeners. So really easy way, but also win a signed Debo Samuel jersey. Leave a review, Apple Podcast or CastBox. Then go to fantasybros.com slash kickoff to enter. And before we get into the show, let me also remind you about TickPick and the season ticket packages that they're giving away. These are season ticket packages to your favorite NFL team, and they are worth $3,000. There is absolutely no reason to not be entered into this contest. And I'm going to say that every single month they do a drawing, okay? They give away five season ticket packages to your favorite team worth $3,000 for the 2022 season, one every month. The winner for this latest month is Ryan C. He's a big Dallas Cowboys fan. He's going to get season tickets to the Cowboys. Why would you not enter? Again, TickPick is the original no-fee ticket site. You guys should be getting all your tickets from there anyway because it is the best place to go get tickets because of the prices. They're lower than everywhere else. And they have teamed up with Zip. That's the buy now, pay later service provider. So you can split your ticket purchase into four installments. Combined, they're giving away these season ticket packages. Again, all you got to do to enter is go to TickPick.com slash pros. That's it. They'll do the next drawing right before New Year's. So hopefully you guys can win again. Ryan C., the latest winner. Again, each package valued at $3,000. Just go to TickPick.com slash pros. That's it. T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com slash pros. All right, let's talk about some of the news from yesterday. Kenyon Drake suffered a broken ankle, and he is going to be out for the remainder of the season. Now, in this particular game, that really got Josh Jacobs involved. He had nine targets. He caught all of them. Um, And again, that's because not only was Kenyon Drake now out for the game, but Jalen Richard is on the COVID Reserve 19 list. So it really left Jacobs, and that was it. And he looked a little banged up, but he powered through it. So this does raise the stock um, of Josh Jacobs for the rest of the season because he's going to be heavily involved, even though, again, the Raiders are just on the very, very outside of the uh, playoff race here. But certainly Jacob's stock rises a little bit with this just because, again, there are fewer mouths uh, that are available to take targets and touches in that backfield. Logan Thomas tore his ACL. Most likely this isn't confirmed, but it's all but confirmed until he has the MRI. But most likely it's a torn ACL and he will miss the remainder of the season. Really tough break for Thomas, who everybody knows is one of my favorite players. Uh, he is just, you know, struggled all year to stay healthy, missed a lot of time with his hamstring injury, finally came back, looked great, scored a touchdown, and now he is out for this season. So you know, we'll see if Ricky Seals-Jones is able to come back. It's not, If not, it's going to be John Bates. So the tight end has a role in that offense, and unfortunately it's not going to be Thomas's role for the remainder of the year. Adam Thielen suffered a high ankle sprain. This is a really tough one, especially because he severed it early in this game. So those managers starting Thielen were just out of luck entirely because he didn't contribute whatsoever today. The Vikings have a Thursday game, so he's certainly not going to play this week. And again, high ankle, you know, I don't know the severity of the high ankle sprain, but that's usually a multi-week injury. So fantasy managers who have Adam Thielen need to be prepared to be without him for the foreseeable future. That does uh, rise, uh, lead to a rise in stock, pardon me, for Justin Jefferson, of course, who we saw go nuts today. But also it makes KJ Osborne and Tyler Conklin guys who you might want to think about putting in your starting lineup because we have seen them produce 
when there is availability of targets. Finally, the Panthers fired Joe Brady. This isn't injury news or anything, but it's worth mentioning, and I'm sure it will solve all of the Panthers' problems on offense. All right, so usually what we do is we talk about my five things, let's say, that stood out to me yesterday, but there are some things that I feel silly not even mentioning, even though there aren't any real takeaways for it, but I'll quickly go through those before getting to some five things I've been thinking about as uh, I've been looking over sort of everything that went on today. Um, Kyler Murray is awesome. 15 pass attempts, four touchdowns. I mean, his ankle looked fine despite the terrible weather. I was hesitant on him this week. I mean, I recommended starting him over, you know, the, the one I got all the time in my start set questions was him or Kirk Cousins, which I completely understood. And I had him higher. I don't know where our consensus hired, had him. I think I had him seventh. I mean, it was bad weather. It might be limited. Maybe no DeAndre Hopkins or a limited Hopkins, which he was, even though he caught the touchdown pass. But for me, Kyler Murray right now is back to being a top three quarterback for the rest of the season. George Kittle was amazing. 12 targets, nine catches, 181 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, He's just incredible. I wish he did not have to stay in and block quite as much as he usually does. And the one thing with this is I don't know whether or not this game was the product of the fact that Debo Samuel was out, and so they needed sort of another more reliable option in the receiving game that they usually have. Uh, But hopefully they'll recognize just how dominant he is. Of course they know that, the 49ers. But hopefully he gets more work like this in the passing game because if so, I mean, he clearly threatens Travis Kelsey for the top tight end in the game. Another guy who threatens Travis Kelsey is Rob Gronkowski. So this is, I was going up against Rob Gronkowski today in a matchup that I absolutely needed to win and I was relatively quiet early on. And then I saw a touchdown quickly from a tight end and, you know, I assumed it was Gronk, but it was Cameron Brait. And I said, wow, I may make it out of here alive. But no, it's coming. It's eventually coming. It's an avalanche that you know if you're going up against Rob Gronkowski, there will be touchdowns. There were two today. So this is just kind of what it's going to be. As long as he is healthy, it's really hard to consider him anything but a top three tight end going forward. Devontae Freeman, someone who I think you can start and rely on him. I mean, 97 total yards with the touchdown in this game here against the Steelers. Now, as much as the uh, Ravens offense doesn't look great, uh, bottom line is that Freeman greatly outsnapped and outtouched Latavius Murray. So as long as he's going to be getting the work, I think he is somebody who fantasy managers can go ahead and put in their lineups. All right, the five bigger takeaways are the five things that really stood out to me. I'll talk about a little more in depth, not crazy. But number one, James Conner is going to be your workhorse back even after Chase Edmonds returns. It's another great game here for Conner. 20 for 75 on the ground. Okay, not the most efficient effort or anything like that. Two catches, though, for 36 yards through the air with the touchdown. And if you saw... That touchdown catch, I mean, that showed what Connor can do. That ball was basically overthrown. It looked like it was just going to go right past him. Not only did he really reel it in, but he was able to maintain his balance and then take it to the house for the touchdown. It's just very impressive. And again, that's something that I think we forget. I mean, Connor's got 14 touchdowns on the year. It's not really that much of a fluke how good Connor looks right now. Connor has always looked good throughout his career. It's mostly just been the fact that he cannot stand up to a huge workload. He has dealt with injuries throughout his entire career, but he was a factor in the passing game in Pittsburgh. So he definitely was somebody who had the talent to do this. And over the last four games, 17 targets and 15 catches. I mean, Chase Edmonds, you look back at Chase Edmonds' career as a fine back, but he has not shown that he can add anything above and beyond what Connor is showing you right now. Again, the biggest thing right now is the workload and whether or not we can expect that to continue. 
The Cardinals are two games up on the Rams right now, and they play the Rams next week. If the Cardinals win that game, they will have all but wrapped up the AFC West. Sorry, the NFC West. Goodness gracious. Sorry, guys. It's late. Um, They will have all but wrapped up the NFC West here. And that's when we can see them take their foot off the gas a little bit and ease up on Connor, right? If they have this wrapped up, essentially, I mean, there'd still be four games left. Who knows? But pretty much it's over. Then they'd basically say, okay, maybe we don't need to push him quite as much as we were thinking. We can go with Chase Edmonds, protect him, get ready for the playoffs. But if not, if they need to win, if they lose this game against the Rams, Connor is their best option, and he is going to continue to get the bulk of the work. I mean, I was ranking Edmonds ahead of him for most of the season. By the end, I was putting Connor slightly ahead of him. But right now, even when Edmonds comes back, I would consider Connor a borderline RB1. Number two, T. Higgins might be the best fantasy option at receiver for the Bengals. Uh, Higgins over his last two games, 22 targets, 15 catches, 252 yards, and two touchdowns. Meanwhile, Jamar Chase over his last five games, three, six, three, three, five catches, 32, 49, 32, 39, 52 yards receiving. Now, Sunday could have been a monster game, okay? Instead of a 70-plus yard touchdown, he bobbled the ball, and it turned into an interception, which is really bad luck for both him and Burrow. So he usually could have a monstrous game here, but it wasn't a monstrous game, and it hasn't been monstrous games of late. Now, Chase still plays the most snaps of any receiver, and I'm more just raising a discussion point. Chase is still the receiver in Cincinnati that you'd roster if you could really choose only one. But the last two games are the best fantasy games of T. Higgins' career, and he's being targeted in the end zone. I mean, four end zone targets in the last two weeks. Monitor Burrow's finger injury, because that is something we just kind of lost track of there, but his, his pinky swelled up pretty good. But I had Chase seventh in my rest of season rankings and Higgins 27th. That gap is going to narrow significantly going forward. Number three, I've just got to move Terry McLaurin down my rankings. McLaurin has four games in which he has scored a touchdown, and in each of those four games, he has at least 100 yards receiving, but his best games other than those four games is 62 yards receiving. Now, especially now, Washington is just working through the running game. Antonio Gibson looks great. They're pounding the ball there. Taylor Heineke is not pushing the ball down the field. And I personally have stubbornly hung on to McLaurin as a high-end wide receiver too. But why would I value him at this point over someone like Jalen Waddell or Michael Pittman Jr.? There's absolutely no reason to do so based on what we've seen. Now, there may be some boom games. I mean, he does get Dallas twice in the next three games. Washington's probably going to need points in those. But he has hurt your fantasy team far more than he has helped it this year. So I'm still starting McLaurin, but I'm going to be much lower on him going forward. Number four, Rashad Bateman is droppable. I talked a lot about Bateman on this podcast earlier in the year, how much I had bought in, how excited I was about him, but that excitement has slowly waned. Uh, He remains somebody who's asked about a ton in start-sit questions, a ton. But before this week, his last two games were 29 and 31 yards receiving and just four targets uh, last week. And this week, one target, no catches. Look, bad games happen to receivers, but The important thing to look at is his snap counts. And for the second strike week, he played relatively minimal snaps, fewer than half, actually. And he played fewer snaps and ran fewer routes than Devin DuVernay and Sammy Watkins. So I don't know why Bateman is better than both of those receivers, but the Ravens offense looks a little broken right now. They clearly do not view Bateman as the wide receiver two that he looked like he was going to be earlier in the season. So at this point, I mean, forget about starting him. There is no reason to roster Rashad Bateman. But number five, somebody who you should roster and start whenever the Dolphins play a game is Devontae Parker. Now, next week, they're on a bye. Fine. Five targets, five catches, 62 yards here against the Giants. That's the floor. All right. That's the first time all year he saw fewer than seven targets. 
he is never going to explode, right? His season high is 85 yards receiving, but he's never going to let you down. Never. I mean, not with Tua and not this year. Jalen Waddle takes the underneath routes. That's fine. Parker gets the deeper targets. And I just mentioned Bateman and how unreliable he is and how fantasy managers ask all the time, start him or start X other wide receiver three. That's the type of thing where we look for reliability at that spot at wide receiver. That's Parker. Okay. Most guys in the wide receiver three range at that spot, you just don't know what you're going to get. You do know what you're going to get from Devontae Parker every single time out. So not only should he be rostered universally, but he should be started pretty much in every single league every time the Dolphins play. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget to go to TickPick.com slash pros where TickPick and Zip have teamed up to give away five season ticket NFL packages for the 2022 season. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K dot com slash pros. Thank you for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning.